Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Coaching Call podcast. On this podcast, we'll cover various types of coaching by trainers in sports, martial arts, fitness, and business. We'll discuss each coach's methods to getting the most out of their respective athletes or clients and how they attempt to change the platform in which they coach. Join us on a fun adventure as we discuss unique coaching styles. We've all been coached before, in school, at work, or on a team. Your first coaches were your mom and dad who taught you how to communicate, tie your shoes, or play a simple game of catch. Coaching is a universal part of how we get others to get something done. Join your host, Raphael, and his guests on this unique journey in coaching. Hi, I'm Sifu Raphael, and this is the Coaching Call Podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy my show, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. To donate, go to paypal.me slash Raphael. That's S-I-F-U-R-A-F-A-E-L. I'm trying to keep this podcast free of advertisements. Anything you can donate is greatly appreciated. Thank you. I really appreciate your support. My guest today is Lila Veronica. Lila is a speaker, business movement coach, and podcast host. She personally mentors business owners and organizational leaders to own their value in the marketplace. Lila, thank you so much for joining me on Coaching Call. How are you today? I'm grateful to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great statement. I love that statement. When you think about it, we should be grateful to be alive and the opportunities that we can get out of life, right? Yes, yes. Every day I wake up and honestly, I open my eyes and I think I'm on earth again. Woo! I'm still here. Woo! I made it another day. Woo! What's going to happen? Woo! I love it. I love it. Well, at least now we know you're not one of those people who sleep with their eyes open, right? <laughs> I sleep well and rise early. There you go. Rise early. That's key, isn't it? T- tell me why. Tell me why. Uh, well, for me, one of the primary reasons why I rise early is because I really love that alone time when the world is quiet and I can hear and feel um, messages or intuition or whatever wisdom that really needs to be heard in myself that day for that day or for that period of time, I tend to hear it or feel it or be with it or understand it, know it Mm. more so in the morning Mm -hmm. than I do later in the day after I'm say, out working with my clients or um, spending time with uh, friends, you know, exercising, being in nature, all of that outer input, I tend to be a little less um, in tune with all the greater messages that come to me in the morning. Right, right. You know, and I think one of the things is because you've had your sleep where your all subconscious is really alert, right? And so when you think about it, you're coming from a state where you're fully, even though you're subconscious, you're fully conscious when you wake up of all the thoughts and all the, the cleanness, right? If you think about it, because when we first wake up, I mean, even this morning, I was up before my, I, I'm always up before my alarm. I don't even know why I put one on. Uh, my, my first alarm is at 6 a.m. Usually I'm up if, way before that. 
And I had thoughts that popped into my head. And I was like, hmm, I better go journal. <laughs> so I did that before my alarm. Yeah, journaling, right? And I know we're going to talk about that too, how important that is. Journaling, and I will love to add, I've been in the past uh, year or so really fascinated with dreams and understanding what dreams mean and how to interpret my own dreams and meeting dream interpreters and journaling in the morning, first thing, what, what we dreamt, even if it was just mm. brown cow, blue ball, yellow cheese. Mm. You know, if we, if we just start <laughs> to write things down, yeah, they all actually have a meaning and we'll, we'll reflect back on them over time and realize kind of what it meant and and they're really powerful. So I love that morning time for journaling and dream journaling. I'm really into right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it is so cool. So let's go back, Leila. When you were a young girl, what motivated you then? I mean, you, you helped so many people, you know, as a movement coach, as a business coach, as a speaker. You're doing so many great things. But there had to be something in your life that propelled you to, to do what you do today, right? I love this question. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. No problem. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I love good questions. <laughs> it's a really great one. You know, I recently, a couple months ago, I, I, I reached out to my mom. I said, Mom, what was I like as a kid? Mm. She said, you were always asking questions, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I was asking a question. What was I like as a kid? Mom? She's like, you're always asking questions like this. <laughs> <laughs> and you were always telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean I was telling people what to do? Who did I tell what to do as a kid? She goes, all of us. She goes, but you always had good ideas. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. She said, you always seem to have good ideas. We did what you did. We, we did what you said. Mm-hmm. And so I, so there's that piece and I'll give you some other, you know, pieces in a minute. But the truth is there's some of us in this world that are born as leader types. Mm-hmm. You know, I have (laughs) over the years, you know, I work well on teams, but I don't necessarily work well from a hierarchical top-down standpoint. Mm -hmm. I tend to be a leader type, do my thing, more of a collaborative partner type than a top-down leader even. I love to bring people together, not necessarily make them do what I want them to do. It's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. So I've always been kind of a person to tell people what to do. And then whether they want to do it or not, that's fine. And I really believe that's what a coach is. It's like, you've got some wisdom inside of you. And I'm born with some wisdom. But then also growing up, I was into t-ball and baseball and softball and then cheerleading. And then I was doing dancing and I was on the yearbook staff and on, you know, academic this and academic that. I had just always been very participatory in group activities. So I had actually been under coaches and mentors for, I've been under coaches or mentors since I was probably about six, maybe five or six. Mm-hmm. And I think just witnessing different coaching styles from my own experience and then even making mistakes. So when I was 18, I became a cheerleading coach and, you know, it was hard as an 18 year old girl to try to help uh, middle school age girls just from an emotional standpoint, I wasn't prepared emotionally to help them with their emotions. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing. And so even, you know, making some mistake, some mistakes as a young coach, as 18 girl, just graduating high school, excited about this opportunity to coach middle school that where I went, it didn't turn out too well. 
it was kind of, it was just hard. It was, nothing bad happened. It just was very hard trying to manage emotions of the children and then the mothers and everything and 18 year old. So I made mistakes. Mm. Right. Um, and then I even went through in my twenties, I did some dancing for semi pro basketball teams. So I was under coaches there. And then I was, I've often been like the captain of the team. And so I've alongside the coaches, they've trained me and I've just been with coaches for years. Mm-hmm. And when I started my business, I was under mentors, even at the time for my body coaching, for my body, my body movement, right, right. I've been under mentors. So really since I was a child, you know, being coached in T-ball all the way through now, I've really been with mentors or coaches. I went through a bachelor's, master's, a PhD. I've been under um, academic mentors for years. I've really always been the kind of person that's seen the value in learning from others who've been there before me. And so that's how I've be, really just become a coach. Mm-hmm. It's just having coaches and, and, and recognizing over time that's part of who I am is to kind of tell people what to do, empower them, right? Not tell them from a top down, <laughs> Right, right, right. But empower them, but to be the kind of person to speak the things that will be helpful. For and, and you kind of touched upon it that you started having coaches when you were five or six. And we don't think about that. But like all of our teachers, when we were in elementary school, right, even kindergarten, they are our coaches. Our kindergarten teacher taught us how to draw, stay within the lines. They taught us our ABCs. They taught us how to do things. Our parents, you know, showed us how to move, how to take our first steps, how to eat, how to hold a spoon. So everyone impacts our life. And when we think about that, it's what lessons did we get from it? So when we think about someone may have not necessarily been good to us, and we may have thoughts that were negative, but we need to take those thoughts and turn them inside out and think, because of this person, I'm a better person. I've learned from it, right? So even though they may have caused me harm, caused me heartache, maybe even had me, you know, restless nights and whatsoever. But when we reflect back, we got to think about everyone that touched upon our lives and we got to thank them. Even the people who were not trying to help us, we have to thank them because it made us more resilient. It made us stronger. And definitely have to thank the people who impacted your life in a positive way because those people were trying to elevate you while the other ones were trying to pull you down, right? So when we think about coaching, my gosh, and this is why I created this podcast because everyone that we encounter on a daily basis could be our coach. I mean, if you get into a taxi, they're going to take you where you ask them to, but maybe they'll make a turn or something like that. And you're like, oh, well, I didn't see this place before. So everyone has an impact on your life. It's if you are looking for the opportunities to learn constantly. Ah, double high five on that one. (laughs) I love this. I was just having a conversation yesterday. I'm sharing a little bit about my journey. And I said, there was a moment where I had a friend tell me, if you're going to blame somebody, you need to credit them too. Mm. You're going to blame somebody for doing X, Y, and Z to you and, you know, these challenges in your life. You need to credit them for X, Y, and Z and the successes in your life as well. Because it's all happened. Mm -hmm. And I remember hearing that and I thought, woof, 
was a bit of a slap in the face for a moment. And then I thought, that's deep truth. Mm -hmm. It's really deep truth. And I've had a mentor, another coach, Dr. John Martini, a brilliant man. Uh, and I went to one of his events, his breakthrough experience, really, you know, successful event that he hosts, has been hosting for years. And one of the, the, my biggest takeaways was at all times, in equal amounts, both positive and negative are happening. Mm-hmm. So if we're kind of having the hater or the person who's trying to bring us down or being mean to us or harming us in some way. At the same time, the opposite is happening. There's somebody there or there's something, Mm -hmm. some way, somehow, somebody's, we're being lifted up, we're being helped, we're being supported, right? It's just our job to see it all, the whole picture at once. I mean, when we think about every day, there's problems that occur on a daily basis and it's how we deal with them, right? I mean, some, some challenges are tough, some are easy, some you don't even notice. <laughs> and the important thing is to realize where you're at and where do you want to go? You know, what are you doing with your life? There's a lot of people who maybe they're financially, they're not where they want to be or in a position at a, at a company, they're not what they want to be, but they need to keep going forward and move forward and look at what they've accomplished so far. But don't stay in the past. You got to live for today in order to create tomorrow, right? Absolutely. You know, I teach presence, a lot of presence practices about how to really get present and be right here, right now. Because when we are in the past, there's a sense of um, often depression or sadness that, that comes along with it, maybe even some anger or frustration or irritation or wanting it to be different. Mm-hmm. And so it really doesn't help because it's not here anymore. <laughs> but we can, if we I would say, well, if we want to look back at the past, we want to see the whole picture. Same thing. We see the things that, you know, if we see something negative, we can, we need to see the positive at the same time. If we see the positive, we can also see the negative at the same time. And then it's kind of neutral mm-hmm. and we can, once we can get our mind to see the past as neutral, it's easier to see, it's easier to stay present. Actually, it's fascinating. And what's neat as people who want to create, and a lot of the people who are probably listening to this podcast are people who want to create in the world, create something great for themselves, their lives. You know, when we want to create something new for the future, we can only do it now. Mm-hmm can only really be in the now. And what I love about, you know, working with people in the, in the realm that I do is I really help them feel the future in the now mm-hmm. vision, visioning or manifestation work or whatever you want to call it. All of the work we'll do say around manifestation or visioning or really wanting to create something great for ourselves in the future. We can only do that now. We can only imagine what's possible for the future now. And the presence practices that I teach or, you know, learning how to breathe and learning how to live in the now is how we build this bigger future for ourselves. And so there's this little, you know, it's, it's fascinating. You know, I loved what you brought forward. And so I just wanted to add on here and say, you know, these, I've really value presence for so many reasons mm. also from the health standpoint when the mind and the body and everything the energy is here now there's less tendency for say um, injury to happen 
when we think about living in the now, we can't, we can't make progress if we keep living in the past and we can't make progress if we're living in tomorrow because we don't know what tomorrow is, but we know what the present is. So be present, right? Yes. It's where our power is. Mm-hmm. It's where our power of connection with other humans, connection with the divine, connection with self, the body. Yes. Um, but also the power of creating a new future is in the now. It's like we can, as humans, we can imagine anything. I mean, we can imagine building a car. We can imagine making a burrito. <laughs> we can imagine t- going for a run. But we can only imagine it right now. So it's like the power of being able to be present in the body mm-hmm. gives us the power to create a future mm. versus the mind just kind of being all over the place and the future gets created, but it's not really by a strong willpower. It's by the unconscious mind ping ponging around and then you get a future and it's maybe it's fine, but it's not exactly what you wanted. Right. But if you really focus on the burrito or if you really focus on the boat that you want, or you really focus on the kind of client or the kind of you know body that you want, mm. it'll happen much faster. So talk to me, you're a movement coach and I, I get the idea of what that is, but would you mind explaining what a movement coach is? Yes. Well, like what I want to say is, first of all, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of like type A personalities, very smart, intellectual, high achiever types. One of the biggest challenges with them is they've usually created great lives in terms of their outer game. They got a lot going on. Great business, maybe or great career. They're rocking it, Mm. but they're stressed. They're easily triggered, kind of frustrated, irritated. Their their adrenals might be a little shot or a lot. Mm. Uh, their weight might be, you know, their body's just not working right. It's not quite feeling good. They might be a little sore or they just know that they're in their head too much. It's, it's really painful to just think all the time. Mm-hmm. It's actually very painful to the body because the body's being ignored when we're thinking all the time. Right. So I'll start there. So what I recognize is that uh, with business owners, for example, to get the business moving, the body needs to be moving. If somebody's just static and steady, or if they're moving in a real wonky way, mm. or real rigid, or they're unsteady and unbalanced, right. for example, that's usually how the business is showing up. The business is rigid. The business is uh, unsteady. The flow of the business isn't the cash flow, for example, there's an issue. Mm. So if we can get the person moving, and what I teach is a dynamic movement system. It's a postural alignment system. So it's, it helps you with posture. It's kind of like yoga. Mm-hmm. It's like a curve. It's, it, it's formed out of a yoga, uh, came out of a yoga a lineage. Right. It's what I'd say kind of like curvy, bouncy yoga. Mm-hmm. But it really applies to people's posture, how they're engaged in their body, their consciousness, their mind. I work a lot with the fascia, the connective tissue. And then how they're moving through space. So a lot of people are moving from their head and they have no idea what their body is doing when they're moving. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That matters because the way you show up in the world is the way people perceive you in the world. So if you know how you're walking, if you're walking, people always say to me like, you're so magnetic, you're so bright, you're so this. Mm. It's really just because my mind is in my whole body and I know what my feet and my knees and my legs are doing. They're not just what doing whatever. They're not just dangling there, right? (laughs) Yes. So what's neat is when we can combine the body movement with the uh, business strategy, career, 
you know, whatever the person's wanting to do, they, it really just explodes. Mm -hmm. Most people have a lot of great strategy going on, but their body is struggling or they're in their mind too much and they're overwhelmed, confused, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that kind of stuff. So we can get the body movement and the business going. It works together. It's a great merge. If you think about it, mind and body connection, right? And then of course, if you have the spirit involved, when we think about well, that's how we do that. We integrate with the breath. When we think about happiness, right? That's a big part, isn't it? Because we allow external things to take our happiness away, to take our joy away, instead of controlling our emotions and feeling first love for ourselves so that we can go out there and enjoy everything. I mean, listen. There are tragedies. There are things that are going to affect us in the way we feel and everything. But even if you lose money, it's only money. You can remake it, right? Material things are material things. They've been here before. (laughs) So when we think about the joy that we can have in our lives, we have to start with not allowing anyone to take that joy away, no matter what happens. You know, somebody's got a deadline and so somebody's got an issue. Well, you know what? It's their issue. And maybe I'm part of it and I'll handle it, but it's, I'm not going to let it bring me down. I'm, I see it as a challenge, right? So when we think about happiness and joy, it's what we do with the external parts of our life and how we handle it. I'm going to add one more piece, how we feel, Yeah. how we feel. Mm-hmm. So. There's this interesting space that I like to play in that mindset work, for example, works well, because I've done a bunch and I still, that's why I love having coaches because they catch your mind thoughts that aren't true or aren't in alignment with your higher vision. Let's get a coach if your if your mind isn't right. Get a coach no matter what. Get a coach no matter what. Right. So the thing is, For me, as a woman with a very strong mind, mindset coaching has worked. However, body awareness has worked more Mm. because my own mind is so strong. It'll think I'm doing even the mindset work. Mm. I'll be like doing the mindset work and not being the shift that's happening in the mindset work. I'll kind of be like, oh, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." Because that's how smart. That's how sharp I am. Mm-hmm. strong mind will almost like override the mindset work. Won't get it really mm-hmm. sometimes. Have you noticed that with some people? Yes. So like, absolutely. I know it, but they don't. Especially teenagers. I'm just saying. <laughs> teenagers. I know it else. Right. Yes. So the body reveals whether or not, and the life, the outer, the flesh suit, what I call it, the flesh suit. And the life reflects what's actually going on. Mm. So for me as a smart woman, who had challenges maybe working through, I had a lot of childhood wounds that I had to work through to get me where I am today. I worked through a lot, but I still was like, it was, there was heart. I I was like, my ego was so strong. My wound was so strong Mm. that I was kind of at a point where I couldn't get past and, you know, the feelings of sadness and still blame and victimhood around my childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, as I started doing this body work, 2014, I physically felt love for myself for the first time. Mm. It was through simple bringing my mind 
into my heart space. Uh, you can call it the center of your rib cage, that space behind your sternum, mm. uh, you know, that. So really bringing my mind, feeling that space inside my body and then breathing and imagining, you know, some light and there's an expansion in there and just that radiance and just feeling that energy that basically bringing my breath, my mind to my actual physical heart, the place they say love resides. Mm-hmm. Boom. Something open inside of me. Wow. That was a great year then. I remember <laughs> that's why I teach what I teach because mm. in 2014, I physically felt love for myself. I had felt love for others. I had been heady like, oh yeah, I love myself. I take care of myself. I do this. I do that. Mm. But no, 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 no. This was next love. And the love for self comes not from just the mind and the mindset and the thinking of it comes from the feeling. Yeah. That really, I would wonder how many people actually physically feel that love for themselves in a lifetime. That's why I do what I do. Because it's like, once we feel that love for ourselves, everything else changes in our life. Right. You know, it's funny. I, I thought of that came to me when I was around 18. Mm-hmm. And what wound up happening is I had a lot of pain in my life. And instead of shutting everybody out, I forgave them all. I forget everybody who caused me pain. And I said, you know what? It's a fresh day. It's a fresh start. And I just felt that freedom. I was like, wow. And, and until that time, I was, you know, down on myself and not feeling and, and people were like pounding on me, literally, almost like beating me up, both physically, mentally, every which way you can think of. And I finally surrendered to myself. And that was huge. And that is what truly opened me up. Like you're saying, you felt that. And that happened to me when I was 18. And you can't do anything wrong to me. And I don't care what you do. You're not taking my power away. And that's what I'm calling it. It's my power. Whatever you're going through, I get it. I'll help you if you need me. But you're not going to take my power away. Yes. And this is what really coaches are about, mm-hmm. is helping others, empo- you know, helping others empower themselves, right? right? Helping others. And then you really are doing that for yourself at the same time yeah. throughout your lifetime. So, because as teachers of that, we have to do it. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. It's, 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 you know, and even recognizing where we lose our power. Like that's a big part of my journey and the way that I help people. It's like, where are we losing our power? Mm-hmm. And one place is being say angry or, or victim or feeling hurt by others and being able to forgive over and over and over any time in lifetime, I would say is the pathway to heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the path of joy and happiness. If you were to say one, one thing, how can you be the happiest, happiest, happiest? It would be the first thing I'd probably say is breathe and be present in the moment. Yes. Because if you, then you're not thinking. But then the other piece is forgiveness, for sure. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. I love that, that you brought that forward. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You know, it's, it's interesting that I've been accused of finding greatness in everyone, even the most rottenest of people. And like, you love everybody. And I'm like, even that person who's so mean and this, I said, you know, at one point when they were babies, they were beautiful. They had an innocence about them and whatever their relationships, environment, whatever they blamed, whatever hardships they went through, they never overcame them. And that's why they are who they are. But inside of them is that baby. It's that beautiful, beautiful soul 
And if you give them a chance, and some people, you might have to give a thousand chances too, but it's in there. So, and I've been accused of like, I love everybody. Yeah, and I think everyone's interesting. I'm a people watcher. I love observing people, their mannerisms, the way they talk, the way they move. So for me, especially as a martial arts instructor, I am very much in observance of body alignment. For me, every move should have a purpose. Every action has a line. Whether you're reaching, pulling back, retracting, anything has a line. So for me, that's as a martial arts instructor, I can see someone, even in a style that I don't do, I can see if they're doing it right or wrong. And, and I'm not, I don't want to say I'm like, whoa, I'm this great guy. No, I, all I know is line alignment, you know, body alignment. And that for me is critical. Oh, you are talking my talk. <laughs> yes, because you do <laughs> body movement and, and movement, you're a movement coach. So that's critical for you as well. Yeah, it's a lot about alignment. So what I teach is a dynamic posture alignment. So instead of static alignment, I teach a dynamic alignment, mm -hmm. basically. And what's neat about alignment, it's that the body alignment shows what's going on in their mind, in their life, mm. right? So if you see that that tail tucking down under, you know there's some fear going on in the mind, right? Yeah. You, you can tell if their face is squashed, that they're the pensive about something. You know, if the, I've even, I had some uh, gentleman say to me once, he goes, look at my body and tell me what's, what, you know, what's going on. And I looked at him and we were in a group and I go, are you sure? <laughs> like, are you sure? How open are you? You know? And then I looked at him and I go, I said, you've had some heartbreak in your life and you're still working through it because I could see his rib, even though he was a tall guy, his rib cage, rib cage was really collapsed mm. and he was kind of just a little bit here. He was holding on. I could tell. And it, and it was like, he was very open. He's like, yeah, spot on. You know? and, and that's the thing. The body will show, the alignments will show what's going on. What's neat, I would say, for some people who maybe have been through therapy, have been through mindset work, and maybe aren't as far as you want to be, the body work, so if you can get your body into alignment, will actually help the mind heal. Right. It will work the other way around as well. Mm -hmm. So the mind will help the body, the body will help the mind. That's why I love doing the body stuff I do, because... I work with very intelligent, high, high-minded people. And it's not always easy to solve that problem from the place that's so strong. <laughs> so if I can get them into their bodies, they can actually heal their minds. And that's, that's been a lot of my path. And so I love the alignment oh, talk. Yeah. I mean, if you think about <laughs> yeah. someone who's headstrong, right? They're just focused on there and, and they let everything else go. And so there is also no balance in their life. If all they're thinking about is business, 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 and their family life is suffering, or even relation, and it doesn't have to be family necessarily, it could be relationships. I mean, let's talk about an executive who maybe doesn't have their parents anymore, and they were an only child. So they don't, maybe don't have family, family, but it's th their, their connections that they make. And, and, you know, how much love do they bring to their connections, and how much love do their connections bring to them? Because if we're only fighting with people who are fighting us back, then it's, it's, it's not good for us. But if instead of fighting, if we're loving, that's huge. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world or where you are in business. You still need to make those connections. 
And I can tell that you're a person who connects people. And I love that about you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, if you've ever done this, this, the Strengths Finder 2.0 book, there's a book called Strengths Finder 2.0, very popular book. And there's an online test with it. And you find your strengths. One of mine is connector. So it's just a natural. I know a lot of people I loved. First, you tell me something, I'm going to probably think of somebody I could connect you to. Right. It's just how I'm built, right? It's just part of the, I'm wired that way. Um, and, and, and what I love about it, I will say as a business uh, woman and, and as a, just a career-oriented woman, I'm a very career-oriented woman. I love the work that I do. I've always been very uh, career-oriented, academic-oriented. I love to learn. I love to teach, basically. Mm. That's my entire life. Whatever I learn, I'm eager to share. <laughs> and I'm eager to learn. So there's a lot to share. That is so cool. Yeah. And at the same time, there have been seasons in my life where I have been so focused on that, that say my relationships have suffered in different ways. Mm. I went through, you know, I had a marriage, I went through a divorce. You know, I spent years building my business in the beginning with not as, you know, not doing as much socializing or friendship stuff, you know, so really trying to find the balance has been a journey, we'll say for me. And now, you know, what I love teaching is what I do is basically I recognize we can do it all. We can fit it all in We can, as long as we're in alignment with our values. So I know that my career is my most important value. So I'm going to spend more hours in my career than I'm going to spend in my social life but I'm going to spend some hours in my social life because I recognize that it feeds my soul, that it provides nourishment to my, to my heart, all of that stuff. And so for me, it's been, what I learned was that how to align with my values. I'm not going to be doing the same thing as my next door neighbor, right? They may spend more time with friends and family than I might. But that's because that's what they value. And they may value that a little bit more than, say, their career at this season in their lifetime or this lifetime. And so figuring out what I value has helped me figure out how to bring in that love actually even more. So, so, I mean, you have so much love to give and you are doing something in your community. You're helping to feed people in, in neighborhoods, the poorest neighborhoods. and what propelled you? What prompted you to say, I need to help people in a different way? People who can't at this point in their lives help themselves. Thank you for that question. Mm. Probably my favorite question of the day. <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, your your heart is is so, I mean, I can see it. And your smile, it's beautiful. And I can see all of you, you're radiating. And it's a beautiful thing to see in another person. Appreciate it. So I was just actually talking about volunteer work this morning. I said to somebody, I said, um, I highly recommend doing volunteer work in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Said, uh, and they said something about not doing volunteer work is selfish. And I said, oh no, honey, doing volunteer work is very selfish because when you do it, you feel good. (laughs) Yes, you do. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So we can look at it that way. I feel really good when I do volunteer work. I've done volunteer work a lot in my life. I don't know. I've just kind of been called to do it. And Mm. I love old people. I love um, helping people. Uh, But really, the reason I do what I do in terms of right now, I'm on the board of directors for an organization who's transitioning yards into gardens, Mm -hmm. of neighborhoods in Denver. and, And we're really working on transitioning this to a uh, a national 
project. I have a vision of a garden in every backyard in America. Nice. Uh It's, it's, you know, just been part of like a a vision that I had a few years ago. And I feel that it's a way that as individuals, we can take back power of sorts in terms of our personal power, knowing that we have access to food or knowing how to grow our own food, I believe is, would be a very empowering action for many people. Not everybody has to, there's still the grocery store, but if you want to learn how, Mm. I think there, you know, could be more resources for that. Here's the deal. I grew up at, you know, for a period of time with a single mom. And even when, you know, there were periods of time when she was uh, married, that the money was an issue. So there were times where I was on, say, we were on welfare. um, We had food given to us from other people. We walked down the street and got food at the local school at the lunchtime, you know, kind of uh, that was provided. And so there were people when I was a child who fed me Mm. in a time where, and my mother in a time where there wasn't much money for food or high quality food, we'll say. And so I just have a calling to give back. It's really like, I remember the little kid inside of me feeling there was a moment where I remember being in a very dirty grocery store as a child. I was probably about eight years old and I looked around, the grocery store was dirty. The people were scary. And I thought to myself, this isn't for me. This isn't for me. This isn't for me. And I don't want children to have to shop at dirty grocery stores with scary people. Of course not. I want children to have access to food and not be embarrassed about what they're eating or if they're eating. Mm-hmm. I don't want children. I had, I had sometimes people say to me that I looked really skinny and sickly. Okay. I don't want that for children. Mm-hmm. But there were things... <laughs> This is really birthed from my childhood and, and, and I'm really grateful for all the people who helped me and my family back then. Mm. Um, and so for me, it's just a natural way to show up in the world. It's like, hey, there was people who fed me. I'm going to feed as many people as I can while I'm, while I'm alive. Yeah, you're giving it back. Absolutely. You know, when we think about what you're doing, you're not just bringing food to people in need. You're teaching them how to have not only food, but healthy food. That they can grow. And it doesn't cost much if you have a backyard. You know, what happens is people's values are not what they should be. They'll go ahead and spend a lot of money on sneakers or cigarettes or things that are a hobby. And then they don't have enough money for food. And I'm not saying that was your case, but I'm saying there's still a lot of people who do that. They don't have the right value system set in. And if we can teach people how to recognize the important things in life, like eating healthy, taking care of your family, and teaching them how to do that. Because if you're that poor and somehow you can have a backyard, maybe a community yard or a community garden that everybody who belongs in the community goes and they help plant it, they help keep it clean and move it and 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 make sure the soil is good and water it and everything else, then there's that fruit of labor, right? So when you think about it, it's beautiful. Because not only are you helping to feed people, you're bringing a community together. And that is healthy. That's very healthy. Community, connection, feeling supported by other humans, doing things together, breaking bread. That's how actually we live longer and stay healthy. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I agree. When I when I drive through through bad neighborhoods and I'm seeing junk in the backyard and I'm seeing tires and pieces of cars and all this and 
if they moved all that and planted a yard, you know, planted a garden in their yard, instead of throwing things that are not going to help them at all, having used tires and garbage and all over, and it, it's going to be cheaper for them to do that, to do that little bit of manual labor. And then all of a sudden, they will have food. They will have a healthy way of feeding themselves. Yes. And they'll feel very empowered and not uh, so subject to the system. Mm. I think that's really a big part of it, too. It's, a, it's very, there's so many layers. We could probably talk for three days on how many yes, absolutely. are possible. But just, that's why, you know, I've spent all these years trying to help people, trying to, I have a little bit of a save the world complex, I will admit. I'm working on it. But I'll <laughs> 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 be honest, I got to work on it because, you know, it's not my job to save the world, just my job to do, you know, be, be, live the best I possibly can and give as much as I can and be good. But he, that's not true. I'm going to tell you why. You change one life, you're changing the world. Absolutely. That's all we can do, one person at a time, right? If we can do one person at a time and then that person helps someone else and so on and so on and so on, guess what? We're changing the world. Look, anybody listening to this podcast, if they say, huh, I can't really afford much, but I should plant the garden and eat off my labor and have vegetables and have tomatoes and whatever it is, I'm going to learn. Hey, listen, if you can listen and if you can get on a computer, go to YouTube if you're not sure what to do, right? And learn. The information is there for everybody. If you can't even afford a TV, go to the library. You can get on YouTube there. There's books on how to create a garden from nothing almost. And seeds are not expensive. Now, I'll tell you what, I guarantee you there's somebody along your neighborhood somewhere who has some seeds sitting in their cupboard somewhere. And somebody can use them. So if you were to go around and ask people, people might even have seeds for you because a lot of people buy seeds and they have extras. There's a lot of resources. Because of what's been going on in the world in, in, in the last year or so, there's also a lot of funding going into these kinds of food projects. Mm. So there's more, even if you don't have a lot, there's, there are a lot of resources available that you could get your garden. Like for example, the, the gardens that we create, they're in people's yards. And that not only do you get the garden, but you get somebody to come in for a period of time. Maybe it's two years or five years. I forget how many years off the top of my head, but somebody, people actually come in and take care of it for you. Mm. So you're not having to take like and learn everything at once. They'll teach you if you want. They'll do it for you for a period of time so that you can even learn how. Wow, that's incredible. So there are like resources beyond resources if you really want to, you know, step into this. Yeah. Leela, when did you decide, I've had all these people coach me. It's time for me to help other people. When did that come to you? I was teaching. So, okay, I'll step back. So I've always been... teacher of sorts. I've always been learning, teaching, learning, teaching. I did environmental work. Um, and then I went back into academia. Then I left that and got into this movement practice, mm. mindful movement. And then I physically felt love for myself, right? Started teaching it mm. and having great results. What happened was during the time I was teaching these movement classes and working with clients privately in their bodies, the issues are in the tissues. And so I like that all of their issues were coming up. We were like wringing out their tissues, opening up their bodies, bringing breath into places they've never felt before. 
Mm. And then all their issues, their past was coming up primarily and their fears about their future. And I wasn't equipped from a mindset standpoint yet to handle it. They, I would be staying and they'd be talking to me and I didn't know how to help them. And so what I recognized at that point is I needed to get some, I needed to either say, have some resources on hand to send them somewhere or figure it out on my own. And so I just decided to jump into some coaching programs to learn. I started just with a really basic coaching program. And then I did another one and then I did another one and I've been in tons since. Really just collecting resources, understanding the energy of people, how to get move them through their thoughts into more empowering thoughts. And then now a lot of what I do is teach other people how to do that. So I'm also I'm morally more now coaches coach where I'm kind of coaching other people how to coach people. That's beautiful. It's fun. It's a blast. You know, I I love it. But it's you know, it was that it was really the, the body work brought up the mindset challenges for people. And I wasn't equipped. So I needed to get equipped. And so I just dove in and, and started learning. And then, and then within about two years, had a really successful coaching business doing mind-body work. Right. And it's important not only for you to have done that, but anybody listening who may want to, and I, I'm, I'm going to ask you that in a second, to do the work on you first, right? So with that in mind, what advice would you give someone who wants to not necessarily become a mindset coach or anything, but any type of coach, because you're a coach's coach, right? So you may coach somebody who wants to go into business coaching or somebody who already is a business coach or a mindset coach or relationship, relationship coach or body, yeah, Mm -hmm. body coach or a trainer or anybody in fitness who wants to get into maybe they're a soccer coach, a football coach. So what advice would you give someone who has a passion for something and they want to go deeper into it and become a coach or continue and become a better coach? Yes. I love this question. It is what I'm going to share with you is, is the one thing that I see getting in the way. Mm. And so that's why I say, this is the thing to work on really align meaning, meaning, you know, you're all in, you fully trust. You're like, yes, all in. Like, that's what I mean when I say align, Mm. really align yourself with the true value of what you're offering somebody, not the process, not the modality, not the medicine, not the coaching you're doing. Mm. But think about, for example, if you're a relationship coach, if that person has a great relationship, what's the value of that to them over a lifetime? Mm -hmm. You help somebody in a body lose weight. What's the value of that over a lifetime? And so on and so forth. So what most coaches do in the beginning is they focus so much on the thing that they're good at doing and not necessarily recognizing how much value they're offering their clients. Mm -hmm. So they don't talk about the value. They don't own it. They don't show up in their body. They don't, they don't feel seem confident because they're still kind of like this like small playing in the process person really owning the value of what you offer your client and how you're helping them is the way to be the best coach for them and also to feel good about what you're doing at the same time. Beautifully said. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. When when we think about all the different types of coaches there are in the world, it's, it's mind boggling, right? Because even, even think about like a sport, right? If you pick a sport, say football, there's not one coach. There's a ton of coaches. When you even look at a fighter, they don't have one coach. 
they have a strength and conditioning coach, they have a striking coach, they have a this coach, that coach. There are so many opportunities for someone to become a coach in something they enjoy. Look, there are people who teach people how to use computers. There are people who teach people how to do marketing. There's people who teach in every aspect. So when you think about it, for me, a coach should be knowledgeable in what they're coaching. First of all, they should be an expert. They should know it in and out. They should know every angle, every possibility. And if they don't know it, own it, right? If you don't know it today, well, get to it and, and know it tomorrow. <laughs> well, at least get started, right? Like you said. Yes. And you were not ready and you did the right thing. And you said, I'm going to get into it because people are coming to me with ideas or situations that I didn't have answers. And you, you had two choices, right? And you chose the, the path of, let me be that person who's going to be informed. Let me be the best coach I can be. And that's, you know, I applaud you for that because a lot of people, they, they give the wrong information or they make it up as they go, which is harmful. And it, it can be really devastating to someone. I spoke to someone recently who lost a lot of time because they went with someone and their mental state suffered terribly. And it was because they trusted this person and this person didn't know what they were doing. And that's a shame. And it happens. As a coach, I think you have to be very well versed in, in what you're bringing forth. Your thoughts on that? And what you're not bringing forth. <laughs> and what you're <laughs> like not you bringing said. forth, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is really being able to equip yourself if you don't have, if you're not equipped, right? Like I said, I wasn't equipped to handle people with the mindset problems before. So really, number one, either equipping yourself or saying that's not in my wheelhouse. And then as coaches, one thing I love about being coaches, I'm connected with tons of other coaches and I love coaches. Yes, yes. And so there are other people who do things that are coaches for things that are, say, not in my wheelhouse, but I have them in my back pocket um, so that I can pass them on mm. and, and be of support. And I think that's one thing. You know, maybe if somebody's a new coach, they might want to try to do everything for somebody and say, you don't have to do everything. They can't. You just do stay in your wheelhouse. And, and, and I would say also just a little piece of advice is that if you're not sure what your wheelhouse is, ask your friends, ask your family, ask your people that you've already helped people mm. with something. They'll tell you. Right. So if you're trying to play outside of your wheelhouse and it's not working or things are kind of happening funky then ask some people in your life and you'll figure out where your wheelhouse is. I ask constantly, I have an accountability partner. I'll ask her all the time, you know, every few weeks, every few months, a few times a year, depending on what's going on. I'll say, tell me what I'm good at. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I love about you is that, that you're open, right. And, and, and you want to have that feedback because that's important for you. I also love your sense of humor. I mean, tell me about your chihuahua. You named your chihuahua Speedy Gonzalez. And I love that name, especially for chihuahua. Aliba! <laughs> yes, yeah, sense of humor. Uh, I would say there's a, I, so my name's Leela, Leela Veronica. Leela means uh, divine play. Mm. I'm actually born with the name of Lillian. I, I, I shifted my name to Leela right when I was falling in love with myself in 2014. Nice, nice. <laughs> 
So it's divine play. I'm actually quite playful and and youthful. And uh, even the movement practice I teach actually gets you into a youthful position so you can be jumpy. And I teach cartwheels and all sorts of fun stuff. Nice. And older women are like, I don't need to do a cartwheel. I'm like, no, you don't need to try it out. And they love it. Right. Once they build the strength and the awareness of how to do it. So that playfulness is a big part of what I bring into my life. I hear a lot, you know, my mind going, I'm going to figure it out. I need to figure it out. Mm. Anytime I hear my mind go, I need to figure it out. The truth is I need to play. That's usually when I'm like, okay, I'm in my head. I need to play. So the jokiness, I'm a speaker. So I speak on stage. I was just speaking last weekend at a big event in Denver. As a speaker, you really need to have a sense of humor. You need to make people laugh Oh yeah. or you're not going to keep them interested. You're going to get boring. People don't care about what you say. They care about how you make them feel. And people want to laugh because most people are just serious all the time. Being funny, really bringing that in that it's been a little bit of a journey for me. I used to be more serious, more professorial, mm-hmm. a little more Bueller type. Right. <laughs> and I, I was, yeah, big time. So I had to recognize that I could bring my personality, the kind of the way that I am with my friends, my social life into my business, into my teaching, into my coaching, and it would actually be received better. Um, I have a very grounded sense of um, being as well. So being playful can seem ungrounded if you're not, you know, a more kind of grounded, reliable person. (laughs) So I I really believe in many coaches out there might get a little too serious. And so it's okay to bring your serious. And at the same time, it's okay to bring your jokiness too and your sense of humor. So if you bring a little bit of that personality sense of humor in, what we tend to do is connect with people a little easier. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at my shirt. Powered by optimism. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. You know, I really do. I just believe, you know, there's a lot of also healing in the power of laughter. Mm. And I will tell you, I have been on social media for years and a very strong social media following. And the one thing that I hear from people all the time is, oh my God, it was so funny when you... Mm. Right. You were singing in your car. You put your dog on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I just taught you guys how to make a million dollars. And all you're thinking about is that dog, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but humor is what really attracts people. So I would say that's, that's why I'm all about it. Yeah. I mean, every day I'm laughing. I'm watching something. I'm doing something. I'm making fun of myself. I'm being silly and goofy because you know what? Life is short. Let's enjoy it. Let's be happy. Let's make those moments. Let's enjoy everything. Yeah. And people will remember. It's the one thing I hear from years ago from whether high school person or my first job or anything. Someone will say, oh, we remember your smile. And so having fun, being playful, you can make yourself laugh. Somebody will laugh at you. Right. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's bound to laugh at you anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they'll remember you. But laugh with them. Laugh with them. Lila, this has been so wonderful. I really, really appreciate your time. And I know how valuable time is to all of us. And thank you for spending some time with me and enlightening us. Because you are a breath of fresh air. Thank you. Thank you for today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this project and for for supporting so many coaches and everybody uh, interested in the coaching world around the world. So how can we find you? How how can all of my listeners go and find you? Yes. So I have just started a podcast not too long ago. I don't know if you knew that. 
it's it, you can go to subscribe to Leela. It's L I L A subscribe to Leela.com. Uh, that's my new podcast. It's called uh, wow. Women who own their worth. So the intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the intention is to help women really step into their worth, figure out what's getting in the way of stepping into their worth. And then I'm also bringing on a lot of guests and giving innovative ways for women and others to create wealth, especially right now with everything going on. Mm, beautiful. So the podcast would be the best way. And then, you know, you can find me on social media as well. And my uh, website is com. Well, I hope that you'll be getting a lot of awesome listeners <laughs> to come and listen to your podcast as well. And thank you so much for being on mine. I really, really appreciate it. So fun. Thank you. Thank you. You have an amazing and blessed day. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'll be back with a new episode and a new guest. You can find all episodes of the Coaching Call podcast on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I ask that you please leave me an honest review. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and buy me a cup of coffee. Make it a large. I'm trying to keep this episode free of advertisements. Anything you can donate to the cause is greatly appreciated. To donate, go to paypal.me backslash Thank you and I really appreciate your help.